It's the most. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, man. I didn't know. It's the most. Like the magic. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. It's We're going to do a duet. It's the most wonderful time of the year, as they like to say, right? <laughs> Woo! Oh, my Let goodness. Let me tell you. It, it is Christmas. Have you been eating cookies? You know I have. You used to yell at us and ask <laughs> if we've been eating cake and cookies. <laughs> Could you tell by uh, looking at them? Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, listen, this is this is our Christmas show. And uh, we are fortunate because we have Miss Charlotte Summerall Burton back in the house with us uh, for our Christmas show. And Because uh, every day is game day, so we don't stop. We don't stop. We, we do it when we do it. So we're going to do it on the 25th here and, uh, and uh, wishing everybody a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. And we're going to do a fun show today. That's right. But with lots of information. Because <laughs> that's the way we do it. Always giving out information, 89. Yes, sir. That doesn't stop. We don't, we don't <laughs> let that take the day off. So Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So um, I know every one of us has our Christmas experience. When you even think about this time of year, you have memories kind of flood. And, and uh, this is a different Christmas for me because this is the first year without my mom. So uh, family and I, we're actually going to take a trip. And get out of Dodge a little bit. Oh, and, nice. Uh, we're going to rewrite the books. And, and this is the first year we've ever done something like that. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about and ask the question is, is what's kind of the, the way that your family celebrates uh, this time of year? What's something that you do that kind of stands out? Well, I have three sisters. So as you can imagine, it's very quiet in our household <laughs> for Christmas. We usually have a Christmas Eve dinner. We all get dressed up and then we would burn our Christmas lists and we would light a nice fire and we would actually burn our Christmas list every year. We would all bring it. Even now, even when we're older, mom, it doesn't matter. We better write it right then because we're going to burn it. It's a Christmas tradition. And then we have brunch the next day and we'll go to a Christmas Eve service as well. My Christmas is actually the first one with my daughter and it's the first grandchild. So Christmas is going to be a little bit crazy this year. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. You know, for me, my Christmases are all pretty much the same, even though now I have all these grandkids. My kids got to stop having these babies, man. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're five deep. But, uh, you know, it's just family and uh, go hang out with my aunt and, and, and eat a lot and, and, and uh, try not to gain so much weight. And, uh, but this is actually the first Christmas that I'll have without either one of my parents because my dad actually passed away on Easter. So be be a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, it'll be you know fun with some family and uh, but usually I try to use the day to kind of chill a little bit because I'm going pretty hard you know every day so I'll eat a lot, give me a little nap, give me a little nap. You know how it is, 89, and uh, and then uh, just make way for those leftovers, man. I'm all about trying to get to those leftovers the next day. <laughs> you know, I like I like Christmas Day, but man, those leftovers the next day is what it's all about. I like it. Leftovers, burn the Christmas wish list. Like, okay, let's let's go there. Let's go there. For <laughs> that like, was our way of getting it to Santa. I like it. I like it. That's like pretty that. cool. It was like quick. I'm, I'm thinking, I you know, I'll get my kids to burn their wish list, then we don't have to fulfill the wish list. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to Santa about those wish lists. Big Kyle, my dad, might be able to explain it a little bit more eloquently than I just did. <laughs> I like that, though. That's, Kyle's always got it figured out. There's no he doubt. Does. Well, I think when you're raising four daughters, you better have it you figured out. Have it. <laughs> and now a granddaughter. And now a granddaughter. 
poor Kyle. Poor Kyle. He, he just can't get that boy yet. It's coming. It's coming, Kyle. <laughs> well, Christmas started early at our household. We actually celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas each That's year. That's right. You know, That's so right. Yeah. We light the menorah. We actually, on the 21st, uh, first presents get open on that day. So little Ellie wants to say, can I pick the present that I get to open? She's eyeballing them. Right. But no, mom, mom and dad have to make that pick. That's, that's not how it works. But So, um, you know, Coach, we had an opportunity to kind of break down. You know, one of the things that happens in this time of year is people act a little bit different. You ever notice that? Well, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, you and I had this conversation actually earlier in the week. And, and what I always say about it is that has always been this mystery to me. And, and uh, it's like, how can we be so kind around the holidays and be so giving around the holidays, but we can't do it the rest of the year. And, and that's always been baffling and puzzling to me. And uh, so that's always been part of my mission is to help people know that they have value every day, not just, you know, uh, doing the holidays. Um, I, I have this running joke with my three kids where you know, every day is Christmas with them. You know, I always tell them every day is Christmas. You know, we, we uh, try to share as much love as I possibly can. And, and, and so that's always been kind of my message. But uh, I've just never quite understood why if we can find goodness in our hearts, you know, during that time of year, we should be able to find it, you know, all the time. My mother used to say, how can you run out of kind? I mean, how can you run out of love? Like, there's enough, there's a, trust me, there's enough love for 365 days out of the year. I mean, we should be giving all the time. We should be serving all the time, not just during the holidays. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, our normal day should be serving others and helping others be their best. Every day is Christmas. Every day is Christmas. <laughs> imagine this, man. Can, can you imagine if we lived, like, every day as if it was Christmas, like, like, you know, again, today there's going to be, you know, families all gathered around and, and lots of food and, you know, family that they haven't seen in a while and friends that pop up. So imagine if we was doing that all the time, you know, why, why does it have to be this exception? Why can't that just be the rule that we should be around family when we can and we should sit down for dinners and we should be more loving and, and, and more kind. Why does that have to be, you mean I only get one day of that? I'd like to have that, you know, 24, 7, 365 personally. You know, 89, I, you know, look, I, I don't want a nice turkey just then. Why can't we roll this 365? I mean, I like candy gams all the time, you know what I mean? But that's, but that's just me and, and the way that, that I've tried to live my life, man. You know, every day is game day. And I, I want it to be Christmas all the time. So So you're one of those people that keeps a Christmas tree up all year round. Is that what you're telling Man, me? Man, I don't even need a Christmas tree. <laughs> I, I don't even need a Christmas tree for it to be Christmas, baby. I just go with it. <laughs> In the last couple episodes, we talked about you know random acts of kindness. But the same feeling comes when you give somebody a Christmas gift that you've been waiting to give them all year. Um I know that today my dad will be opening his gift. We got him a cross that was made out of horseshoes that a craftsman took a lot of time to make, and we found it in Georgia. You can never find something like that. We've been waiting to give it to him for months, and we are so excited. And then it begs to ask the question, why can't we feel that giving all the time to the people that we love? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, again, 
hey, if I'm Kyle, I'm going to love it when I open it up, right? But if I find out you had this thing three or four months ago, man, I could have been digging this four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, it just goes back to where I think, you know, uh, whatever love you feel for people, I think you just should share it every day. That's all. I mean, because mm-hmm. it goes fast. I mean, you know, you here today, gone tomorrow, and I, and I just think that whatever love you're feeling for a person or whatever you feel that, that you want to do or, or give to, man, just do it. Just get, well, you know, you know, Greg, you, you and I, we do this all the time. You know, if don't be like on a Saturday and I'm driving along in my car, I'll just call you up and leave you a message and say, hey, look, I'm thinking about you, just want to call you, hope you guys are doing well, because if I'm thinking about you, I want you to know it. I mean, and, and even, it's funny, because even C-Dub, I mean, out of the blue, I'll, I'll get a, a video of Allie doing something. And, and I like that because it's saying that, hey, she's thinking about Coach. You know, like, man, I'm thinking about Coach. I'm going to share this with Coach. Uh, so I just believe you just got to love everybody every day. That's all. Don't hold it. you got more. There's more in there. Just just let it go. Yeah, so what I what I what it sounds like is that there's enough to go around. Oh, man, there's plenty. There's plenty. You can I mean, you can't think about it. As my mother would say, how can you run out of love? I mean, how do you run out of kind? I mean, it's just it's all stored up. You can't you can't run out. A price was paid for us to make sure that it wouldn't run out. So, hmm. I say, you know, just give it up. <laughs> That's me, man. Listen, when I'm done, brother, I want to be done. I want I, I was I was reading this thing that says I just want to be empty when it's all over. I want to empty my tank. So I just want to, you know, if I love you, I love you. And it doesn't take Christmas for me to tell you or whatever. And if there's something I want to give you, I'm going to give you. I just want to show it every day. I think it's important. So I love that. You just want to, but I think you can apply to it to everything. I want to empty the take, I, I leave nothing else on the field, whatever it is, whether it's how you treat your family member or how you treat your teammates. Yes. And then you can walk away knowing there wasn't anything more that it could have done. Well, and the reason that I think that that's so important is because when you don't do that, it just leaves room for regret or resentment. It, it just, it really does. You know, as an athlete, I can tell you, as an athlete, the games that you lose by one point, they are the worst games. They're the hardest ones to get over. And the reason is, is because you constantly go back and you, and you try to look for that one play where you could have done something differently or maybe I could, I could have made that play. And so the, the, the games where you get blown out, those are the easiest to get over. Because you're like, man, shoot, we didn't have a chance. Like, you know, we did all we could do, right? But that's why for me, I just want to be empty. I want to be able to, to look in the mirror and go, you know, I always ask myself the question, right? So if I left today, will the people that I say I love really know I love them? Mm. If, I, if I left today, would, would my kids be really secure in saying, you know what? Pops loved us 100%. So I don't, I don't want to leave that to chance. So for me, it's about, man, every day. I just love them the best I can, love all my friends the best I can every day. I want to be empty. I want to be empty. But I also heard from my athletes, I think that's what 
formed our relationships and, 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 and helped me to be a better coach is because they always tell me, Coach, we always know what we're getting from you. Like there's no, you know, we know what we're getting from you. When we show up, we our, our expectations, we know exactly what we're going to get. And I like that. You know, as an athlete, I always heard play on your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, now for me, being my height, I always <laughs> had to play on my toes. In fact, the recruiting coaches – you know, my dad used to say, you know, make sure you're on your toes when you're going before these coaches or you're visiting a school. Get up on your toes. And, and so, you know, I don't know why, because at the end of the day, it was actually my height that became my advantage because nobody could get lower than me, so I just take them all out. But, uh, but how, do you, how do you play on your toes in life? What, what are some good ways to, to stay ready? Because what I heard you say there is, or one of the things that stood out to me is, you got to pay attention, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. you gotta, you got to be ready to see when a family member needs you or when, you know, when your kids need to know that, that you love them and, and you're ready for that, for well, those moments. I think it's just having a clear vision. I mean, I think when your vision is really clear and, and you know what you're playing for, I, I think it's a lot easier to, to, to stay on your toes. I, I think you, when your vision is clear, you're just open to the possibilities, you know, and uh, it allows you to be able to, to pick up on things that a lot of people don't. Because you're not really having to worry about what you're playing for. I think that if, if every day you're waking up and you're trying to figure out what's my purpose, you miss so much because you don't know. You, you, you're still in your head. You, you're still trying to figure out why am I here? Why am I? So for me, it's, it's, it's been easy for a long time just because I know my purpose. I know I'm just simply here to help people maximize their potential. Uh, so I, I can just play with this open mind and, and, and stay really dialed into people. Like, like even when I'm working with, I can be working with 10 athletes at one time, my athletes still feel like I'm only working with them because I just, mm-hmm. I can just yep. pick out what Charlotte need versus, you know, what Naila needed. And even though they're working together, I, I was able to, to say it in a way to where Charlotte's like, well, the only person on the field right now is me and coach. And, uh, but I think that's because of, of, of the way I approach life. I just, all I want to do is give them the right information so they can make the best decisions so they can be who they are. And uh, so I just, I just, man, every day's game day for me, brother. I just stay on my toes. Being self-aware, I think, is also critical to finding the vision because like you said, if you don't know that somebody else is suffering or your teammate is suffering or, or you're suffering and, and you need to listen and open up your ears to say, okay, I've got my mom saying that I haven't called her in a week. You know, that's somebody, that's a wake up call that's saying, okay, I need to stop for a second. And not just from physical people, but maybe you need to step back and listen to like what God is telling you to do. And if you're so focused on your vision and you forget to listen, he may be trying to pull you in a different direction. So I actually think you need both. I think you need to have the vision, but you also need to listen to make sure that you're going in the right direction. It, it, it's like I just made her in it. It's like a little clone. You hear that? Just a little clone. You laid it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, just, it's just, you know, again, it, it, what, what Charlotte is simply saying is something my mother always said to me that Almond, there's a difference between being still and doing nothing. You have to learn to be still. I mean, God can't come in and give you what you need to do if you're not listening. You know, you got the music turned too loud. It's all chaotic. You're not going to hear what he's saying. So I really learned how to be still. 
you know, and, and, and I used to make, make jokes to my mother all the time because when we would go, you know, to the mall or I'd take her to the store and we're walking, she'd go, God, you walk so slow. And, uh, and a lot of my friends said, God, come on, G, man, you walk slow. But that's why I run fast because I move with a purpose. You know, and, and, and when it, when I'm out, you know, going to the mall or just walking to the store, man, there's no need me going fast. <laughs> I'm saving that. You know, I'm saving that for when I got to be on the field and deal with an athlete or, or when I need to get something done expeditiously. Now I'll move with that. But I think you really have to, to listen well. I think most people aren't successful because they don't listen well. Selective hearing. Yeah. So, so, so here, here's, here's something I'll throw out. Let's throw out the challenge. Can I throw out the challenge already? Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't throw it out early. If you're waiting on me, you're backing up. Can I throw it out early? Throw a Christmas gift? Especially, just a little Christmas gift. We're going to kill this present right here. Now You don't don't have to wait. No. You can unwrap this if you want to, but we're going to throw it out to you right now. Here's the challenge. Here's what I want you to do. The next time that you are actually talking to someone face-to-face, and it is a hard talk or it's a confrontational talk, I want you to ask yourself, am I really listening to what they're saying or am I waiting for them to be quiet so I can talk? That's your challenge. Your challenge is, I, I, want, I want you to consciously go, now am I really listening to what they're saying or do I just, am I just waiting for me to be able to say something? Now, I'm telling you, chances are when you're in a heated conversation or you're having a hard talk or you're giving out some information that people might not want, a lot of people aren't listening. They're waiting. I'm picturing a very peaceful and quiet Christmas dinner if everybody did that. Would you like to pass the tea? Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> everybody just getting it's, along perfectly. <laughs> well, it's not even that though, but think about it. It's just something as simple as, can you pass the tea? You have to ask for it five times because no one's listening. <laughs> Everybody's talking. Everyone's talking. So all I'm saying is the challenge is the next time someone is really talking to you, are you really listening? Are you just willing, are you just waiting for you to be able to say what you have to say? So that's your challenge. You know, what is it going to be? So this week, just try to listen well and actually hear what someone's saying. I mean, because that's where the real growth comes in. If I hear you and I respond, I'm growing. But if I don't hear you, you know, we talk a lot about progress on this show and about why there's a lack of progress. Well, me personally, I think it's because people don't listen well. So we keep saying the same things over and over again, over and over again. Everybody's just waiting till they can get their two cents in and then nothing changes. But if we actually listen well, take that information, process it, take the appropriate actions, what we find is we have growth. That's the key. It's like athletes asking me all the time, coach, why you don't let us play music when we're out here? Why we don't have music turned up? Well, cause then you won't be listening to me. I don't need you listening to, to, to Kodak Black or whoever you want to listen to. <laughs> I need you listening to me. So then when you get in the game and they're playing music on the speaker and everything, you're not going to be listening to that music. You're going to still have me in your head, and you're going to be able to execute what you need to execute. So it's about listening well. You never did play music. I no. remember one, one time, and it was James Brown. 
It was when we were stretching. That's right. Oh, man. That'll get you going. Come on. That wasn't for them. That was for you. That was for me. Let's be real. Because I needed it that day. I knew what I was facing. But, Almond, how hard is it to, if you have a coach or if you have somebody that's telling you you can't do something, how do you know who to not listen to? Well, you to listen to. see, and I think that that's a very tough thing, especially for a kid, for a student athlete, right? It's because number one, you expect for coaches and people that are supposed to be developing you to believe in you, and so it's tough. And so, as a student athlete, that's why I always put it on my student athletes. I never put it on the coaches, never put it on their parents. You know, I, I said, look, you don't want to play college stuff. Kyle, Kyle can't play. He. His career is over. This is on you. <laughs> don't tell him that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Dana, Dana doesn't want to play. I said, you the one that want to play soccer. Yeah, d- d- yeah. Don't tell me because he's oh, still Kyle, competing. He's oh, still tennis. plays. Well, he Kyle, plays like well, three or four yeah, times yeah. a week. Kyle's still crushing you on yeah, tennis. Yeah, yeah. You know, but my my thing with, with, with my student athletes are look, this is on you. I mean, you've heard me with with Sophie and and, and with Kay and Ellie. It's like, look, if you guys want to play soccer, it's, it's not on your mom and dad. You you have to make a decision, and I think that's the best way. Because if you're waiting, I always say, if you're waiting for the wrong person to say the right thing, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. And I think a lot of people do that, right? So they'll have a coach in their life, or they'll have a friend in their life, or they'll have someone in their life, right, that they keep waiting to get approval from. Who is, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. The approval has to come from you. It has to be your vision your willingness to take the appropriate action to be what it is you say you want to be. And guess what will happen? You will attract the right people. The right people will come into your life that, that, that's going to help you, that's going to really help you get to where you want to be. But I think a lot of people spend a lot of time being oppressed, keep waiting on the wrong person to say the right thing. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, I think you've given us all permission to say every day is Christmas. Yeah. I mean, from, from, from this point on, I mean, if, if you're out there and you're looking for more peace on earth, goodwill toward men, just go ahead and make a decision and, and create what you want. Let's go ahead and make every day Christmas. Well, I mean, again, yeah, you know, I love my little brother. He asks the best questions. And, but think about what and sometimes you, they're not even questions. I know. But, <laughs> but, I mean, but, just, but just think about what you just said, right? What if everybody lived every day looking for peace on earth and goodwill toward all men? What's wrong with that? Shouldn't that be the standard? Like, like really? Shouldn't that be what we're playing for? So if that happens to be Christmas, then why shouldn't every day be Christmas? That's the way I've always seen it. It's like, because if I, if I look at it any other way, what I'm saying is I'm very limited in my ability to have peace on earth and goodwill towards people. I can only do that one day out of the year. I don't want to be limited that way. I like to feel that I can do it every day. It's amazing how you said, too, about how you're waiting for the wrong person to say the right thing. <laughs> that just that hit me really, really, really hard. <laughs> and you think about that from all aspects. The greatest gift to yourself is to just say, hey, I need to be the greatest gift to myself. I need to be the positive person and give it to yourself because you can't wait for anybody. You can't. And, and, see, and again, time is the one thing that when you lose it, it's gone. You can't get it back. So if I'm sitting waiting, this person, it might not ever happen. I, I can't wait on that. 
especially when I have the ability to do it myself. And it's sad because that's why so many kids quit. They'll get a bad coach that gets it in their head that they can't play forward or they can't do this or they can't do that, and it just crushes them. But whereas if you act like it's Christmas every day and instead you take a positive route, imagine what those kids could do. Exactly, because at the end of the day, you know, as a leader or as a coach or someone that should be developing other people, I'm telling you, the day that I look at a person and and that's all I can see, I need to stop coaching. I need to stop being a leader. I, I need to stop being an influencer. Because the day that that's all I see is what's in front of me right there, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because I believe that everyone should be evolving every day. We should all be growing every day into the person that we want to be. We, we should all be looking for our work. And our work is our gift. That's not our job. That's our purpose. That's what we were put here to do. So every day... We should be working for that because you can't be fired from your work. You can be fired from your job, but you can't be fired from your work. You're born with it. So we should be helping people find that gift, that purpose, you know, what gives them life, what makes them better, what makes their best better than someone's best, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's what we should be playing for. When it's all said and done and you talk about finding your purpose and finding your job, how often does it happen when you have athletes? They've given it everything that they have. They're done playing in college. What do you see with the athletes that are still calling you up? I know that I have a great relationship with you, but when they're done, they put take off their cleats. It's the last time. The majority of people don't go on to play professional sports. How do you help those? Well, I, I, I think for me, it's, it's the things that I do from the very first time I get an athlete. I never really... I mean, I remember a, a great story about you when you, you were in New York and, and you had went in to get an interview, and I think it was with, with ESPN, maybe. It was CBS, and, yes. CBS. I got the job at ESPN yes. later on. And then you were, you were walking down the streets of New York, and I get a call from mm -hmm. Charlotte, and here's what she said. Now, she called me prior to that, prior to going in for the interview, and I said, listen, you're going to be fine. You go in, you do exactly what you've always done, you're a hard worker, you know what you bring to the table, and she, and she was like, okay, okay. She goes in, <laughs> she comes out of the interview, and here's what she says, and I quote, Coach, I get it. You aren't preparing me for soccer. You were preparing me for life. Yeah, the light bulb went off that day. <laughs> you think it would I go mean, off earlier. <laughs> I mean, she, she, I mean but, but again, to answer your question, that's what I do. Like, like to me, I think sports is great. I think sports, you know, it, it teaches you so many things. But I also know at the end of the day, no matter who you are, sooner or later you're going to be an RP, a regular person. So what I'm constantly trying to do is give you the skill set that says you know who you are, you know what your value is, you know you have this voice, and so you can move on. So when I see people who are reluctant to, to quit playing sports, when it's, when it's over, it's because they don't have anything else. They, they haven't prepared themselves. Like they, like they thought that this thing that they have, these accolades and people cheering, was going to last forever. And it's not. I mean, sooner or later, you're, you're, you're going to be an RP. It will happen. You're going to be a regular person. So for me, it's always about how do we develop those skills 
those people skills that you're going to need, those leadership skills you're going to need, uh, those skills of being able to work as a team, because that's going to be the majority of your life. That's the gift. Sports is going to be only a small part. Coach, have you ever been pleasantly surprised by an athlete? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have. Because we're, you know, you know, we're opening presents today. Mm-hmm. So so my favorite presents are the ones that I didn't see coming. You know, that I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see mm-hmm. you. I see mm-hmm. you. Didn't see you coming. But, but talk to me about that. Talk to me about when you... You, you might walk into a situation where you see some some other voices that have had a stronger influence over that person, mm-hmm. and, and they may not be listening at that season or in that moment. Mm-hmm. But have you ever been surprised? You know what? Actually, we, we actually had, uh, we talked about this one kid because he was the super freak of the week, Christian Venturis. Um, being pleasantly surprised was because here was a kid who came to me who, he didn't even play sports. Like, he just came to train because he was spending seven hours a day playing video games, and his parents were concerned, and he's overweight. And and so my expectations of Christian had nothing to do with playing sports because, number one, he didn't play sports. Most of the student athletes I work with, they are actually playing a sport. Um, so getting him, but within a month of just hanging out with the kid, I knew there was something there. You know what I mean? Like there was something more beyond just getting him in shape. There was something more beyond just getting him confident and, 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 and to have a voice. I, I just knew within a month. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it would be. But it evolved. After about three, four months, it became pretty clear. Like, hmm, hey, you ever thought about football? And he went on to just be an absolute stud in football. I mean, and... Like we said the other day, he was a super freak of the week because he just made the dean's list and lost 75 pounds. And, I mean, good Lord, I mean, if he played football now, he'd probably be a wide receiver instead of an offensive lineman. So you talk about pleasantly surprised. And, but he's taken that same mentality, and he's kind of done what you've done, Charlotte, is now he's preparing for a Spartan race. Oh, wow. I mean, he, he, he just took all the skill set of, of what we've given him over the years, and now he's just putting it in other aspects of his life. So so that was huge. But the other real big surprise was, was Sarah, before she headed off to Rollins, uh, she bought me these customized Nike shoes that said Super Freak One on them. So that might, so, so just, you know, so if you're one of my athletes, I'm not, you know, I'm just putting it out there what Sasa did. All right? Nice. So uh, she actually, uh, she bought me some customized shoes that said Super Freak One. So, so as a coach or a teacher or, um, you know, a, a leader, influencer, sometimes it just takes time. Oh, it does. It just takes time. And I think be, and the whole, patient. Well, I think the whole thing's a process. I mean, I really do. I think, you know, Charlotte kind of touched on, you know, you, you set goals and, and you have these visions, but then you have to be willing to, to do the little things every day. And, uh, and you have to trust the process. And I think for most of us, because we live in such a negative world, when things start to go bad, we have a tendency to give up on our dreams or, or, or not fight through them. And I think, you know, if you can just stay positive and realize that, you know, it's a process and not every season is going to be harvest. You know, every, you know there's going to be some seasons where you got to plant uh, and, and you just got to go through some real tough stuff. Uh, but I think that comes with positive personalities and being around positive people to how you overcome that adversity. 
speaking of positive people and super freak shoes, our super freak of the week. <laughs> okay, it's the Hall of Famer. He is the Hall of Famer. It's Mr. Carl Tremble. Carl Tremble. Uh, you know, Carl is a, uh, I, I tell you what, he, he, he's a successful businessman, but he was a heck of an athlete, you know, played at the highest level uh, when it came to football. Uh, great guy. Um, what I love about Carl is I, I, I've gotten to know him very well the last couple of years, and he's just evolving as a person. Uh, I think that, you know, just watching his vision and his purpose, like, come alive, and, and he's embracing it. You know, he, he, you know we, we talk, talk a lot, and, uh, and the things that he wants to do and helping kids now. And, I mean, that's what this thing is all about, man. He, he believes in the revolution. He sees the revolution. And, uh, uh, but he has so much to offer. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's been there, done it. I mean, he's, he's, he's played at that level. Um, he's a successful business person, but now he's willing to give that information back and help the next generation. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I think I've convinced him that, Carl, you want to live 2,000 years, buddy. And uh, so, so he's our super freak of the week. And so the real challenge to Carl Trimble is he's going to have to come sit down and he's got to be on the podcast with us. He's going to have to come give us some love like C-Dub did. And uh, it'd be great to have him in here because uh, he has a lot to offer. I think we'll, we'll all be excited to get him in here. Carl Tremel, Super uh, Freak of the Week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A.K.A. Carlos in the uh, house. Carlos. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. House. Well, and, and Carl's a guy that sounds like he's also um, just getting started, too. I mean, oh, yeah. a guy that's made, had that much influence and, and, and has really done so many amazing things. I know What I know about him is... And he's just ready to run. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I, he's running, the, and he's just getting started. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, his upside when it comes to the information that he can bring and the people that he can help and he can serve and give back and help develop. I, I mean, we, we, he he's a great person to have on our team. You know, we talk about picking your team. That's a guy that that you know, and I'm I'm happy to have on the team. Well, and, and Charlotte's way out ahead of him. Sorry, Carl. I you know. know she's way out ahead of you right now. Well, so you better get, you better catch up now. Well, it's Christmas because, time. You know, see, might see want to wake up and well, get moving. Well, put in way more years than okay, he has. You know, see, <laughs> there's no peer pressure yeah. Yeah. for him at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's put in way more years That's having fair. to deal with me. That's fair. There you go. Well, and speaking of which, I would not even know, Coach. I would not even had the opportunity to to have the Almond Gunner experience if it weren't for you and Kyle, your dad, and, uh, and the fact that you introduced and, and emphatically Kyle's like, no, no, no. If, you, if, you're, if your daughter, if you want to help your daughter, um, you know, maximize her potential, uh, you know, he put it in his own way. He's like, yeah, you just call him, you know, just call him. Right? Like, just here you go. He helped Charlotte. He's, you know, it's good. I'm pretty sure my mom and dad call Almond, even not about. They'll just call about random go. things. Hey, oh, Almond, yeah. I yeah. need to speak with you about yeah. this. Yeah. Or I'll tell yeah. Almond, hey, I need you to call uh, my mom or my sister later. I have no idea. How did my dad even find you? I, you know what? I'd he, have to ask he, him. I think he actually said that he was talking to maybe Nick Fures, and then he, or maybe he looked. Oh, with his up. boys, oh, yeah. yeah, or something. Stephen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. said. I think he said. You know, he just like I, I looked you up, and uh, so we. You know, next thing I know, I'm, I'm working out with Charlotte, and it's just like Charlotte said, man, I'll get a random call from Dana going, "Hey, Almond, I'm just calling. You know, hey, I'll Charlotte." So it's uh, we we've had a great relationship, you know, over the last, 
you know, 12 years or so. Just, uh, you know, really, really a great family. And, and uh, Kyle's just an awesome guy, and Dana's awesome. And, and uh, you know, and I'm just, I'm just grateful that they let me, you know, be an influence in her life, you know. So uh, it's, been, it's been great. It's amazing. I just don't understand, and I'm so thankful for this podcast, is why aren't there more of you? Where is this for all the other kids across the country? I'm serious. There's really nothing. There's nothing for these kids. You have, you know, certain camps, certain programs, but where are the mentors that are there? Again, Christmas 365, where are the mentors that are there every day? And I'm not talking about people that pay $200 Mm -hmm. to send their kid to some sports camp, and then that's it. You never hear from them again. Where, where's the 365? Well, you know, it's, and Charlotte's making a great point, and I think that is why we started the podcast, and, and, and I'm so hell-bent on this revolution because I, I think that that's what's missing. Um, my, my ultimate goal is to have 80,000 kids in a stadium uh, talking about things like this, um, uh, helping them find their value and their purpose, and we leave there and we go out and take over the world. I think I said the other day that, I'm going to take over the world with 100,000 two-year-olds. So Allie's going to be in the game here shortly <laughs> uh, with a bunch of toddlers and me. I know I could do it because, you know, you guys have seen me at the park with the toddlers. I mean, we, we, we can get some things moving, but, but you're spot on. I mean, I think that this is what's missing. I think that a lot of our kids don't have a place to go to be developed this way. You know, because most people think that when I'm working with a student-athlete, physically, you know, that I'm, I'm really working to help them with a sport. And that's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just using sports as a way to be able to help and develop them to be leaders, uh, to find their voice, to know their purpose, and to live out their dreams. And so, and I know that sports is just a small part of it, but when I can get a kid in college doing what they need to do, I mean, it's, it's just, I call it a little win. So now we have that little win, and now we can build on that. Because if you can do that, that means you can do anything else. So it was like with you. Hey, if you can come back from an ACL and go back and, and go back and put in work in college, you can do anything, right? I mean, that, that's, so that's the way I see it. So for me, it was about how do I teach them how to overcome adversity, to be patient, trust the process, and know that you can win. I barely remember you coming to the house. I, I couldn't, for for those of you listening, I couldn't put any weight on my leg for six weeks. I couldn't run for six months. It took a year to play again, and Almond came and visited me, and I just remember him standing in the doorway. I have no idea what we spoke about. <laughs> it, it was a funny time, that was for sure. She had no clue, but, but I knew she would get better, and, and she did, and she rehabbed and worked her butt off and went back up. And, uh, and I tell you, if you want to see something exciting, you should hear Charlotte's coach from ESTU talk about her on her senior night. If if you want to hear something about a person, not just a a soccer player, but about a a student athlete, it's one of the best things I've ever heard about what he said about her. And and, uh, that's why I'm not surprised with what she's doing. It's funny that you say that. Um, Coach Adam, he was at East Tennessee State. He actually just announced last week that he is departing. He is actually working with some of the, um, I, b- I believe it's U21 U.S. Women's National Team. So they just had a friendly, I believe, against Brazil down in South mm-hmm. Florida. So mm-hmm. he's been traveling with um, 
USA Women's Soccer Federation going around. So big things for him. But again, he was a coach. He came in my junior year. I got injured after he saw me. He Actually, he didn't even get to see me play. He was traveling the day I got hurt. And so he took a chance. And again, I wasn't a 90-minute player. But after my ACL and speaking with you, the, it just shifts. Your goal is no longer, oh, I want to be a 90-minute player. I want to score all the goals. I just want to play again and have mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. And once that mindset shifts, when you get an obstacle in your way and you have somebody positive like you, you say, Charlotte, we're just lucky that we can play again, that we're able to play again. I think that was key for me was having you as a mentor and a voice to show me that, hey, it's time to have fun. I think that was really important for that time in my life. Coach and, and Charlotte, as I hear you uh, talking about that experience and kind of reliving it a little bit, a um, couple of questions. One, did you surprise yourself? And, and then back to you, Coach. Tell us about um, Operation Love Letter. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did surprise myself because originally when I got hurt, I was so concerned about, um, again, being a 90-minute player. And, again, that's at the Division One level. That's a huge thing. And not everybody is going to be a 90-minute player. It took an injury to make me sit back and realize that, look, I've put in so much work, and as long as I leave no stone unturned, we talked about this preparation, I've done everything I can, then that's it. And... I would say at the end, I was a little bit surprised because in the end, soccer gave me and, and all the opportunity I owe to all, I owe meeting my husband to Auburn because I went to East Tennessee State. I met my husband. I got a really good education. Um, I played soccer and I had an amazing, amazing time in my life. And the life that I have today wouldn't have been manifested unless I would have chased my dream to go play soccer. Um, and again, the ACL and, and getting through that, it, I wasn't surprised that I was going to play again because I wanted to play again. That's all I wanted to do was play again. But I guess when I sit back and look at it now and the big picture that God was painting that maybe I don't see right away, you know, Almond saw it straight long ago. And, and now that I have a daughter and I'm here, um, I can look back and say, oh, I get it. Pleasant surprise. <laughs> so, Coach, did Justin cook you any pregame meals for, for all that? Did he, no, you know, man. Did he but thank I, you or but, anything? Yeah, but I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, he thanks me all the time because he's taking good care of her. <laughs> and uh, But I think he knows. Between Kyle and I, he knows he better take good care of her. Um, you know, again, you know, when we, we talk about Operation Loveler, I think what, what Charlotte is expressing is the, the absolute essence of Operation Love Letter. And that's about really giving yourself permission to love yourself. Um, and so just because she knew her value and she, she knew what she was capable of and it wasn't contingent upon what someone else believed, uh, that's why she knew she'd run again. I mean, you know, she'd play soccer again. I mean, we, we'd had years of her having to listen to me say, you know, these are your dreams. You know, you, you, you build what you want. And so years and years and years and years of that, but she also knew her voice because she, she knew her value as a person. Uh, and uh, she, she didn't take that lightly. Uh, so that's what makes Operation Love Letter so great is because I think when you really connect with yourself and you really, really love yourself and, and, you, and you have that voice that say, I'm capable, you know, I'm able, I'm worthy, 
Uh, it's not about what I deserve. It's about that I'm willing to work for these things. Uh, I'm willing to stand alone if I have to. I, I just think that it allows you to give a whole lot of love to people. Because I think without it, you, you're just a watered-down version of yourself. I, I just think mm -hmm. that if you don't love you, it's mathematically impossible to love someone else. Yeah, not 100%. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because that person is going to be looking at you going, okay, you say you love me 100%, but I'm literally watching you not love you. I'm watching you beat yourself up. I'm watching you talk negative to yourself. I'm watching you be a punching bag to you, but yet you tell me that you love me. That's fuzzy math, man. That's fuzzy math. So Operation Love Letter to me is, is really where, man, if you can make that connection, it's easy. It's easy to attract the right things. That's why people want to be around Charlotte. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you know, she's positive. But, but at the same token, if you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to waste her time because she's not going to let you. If you're going to be a negative person, you're not going to be around Charlotte because she's not going to let you waste her time. So, so the beauty about, you know, Operation Love Letter and finding yourself and knowing who you are, on the one hand, some people say it's not going to come near you. But on the other hand, those are the people you don't want near you anyway. It's a repellent. That's right. It's amazing, too, when you finally are able to love yourself and and be happy with your true self and know that everything that you did, you did it to the full potential that you were capable of doing it. Then you can walk away yes. and say, <laughs> I am done. I did everything I could. I had five years, so I was done. I put the cleats down, and I said, okay, occasionally I'll still pick up a soccer ball. I'll still play. But at that time, I was comfortable with myself and said, I, I gave it all I had. I'm good. I can walk away. But then I found CrossFit. Then you got to find something new. Well, you got to find another thing. But, see, but, but, that, but that's the beauty, right? So the beauty is, right, you, you fulfilled that dream. You lived that one dream. You, you wrote it as much as you could. You pushed it as far as you could. And then you're like, okay, that's done. Now the next chapter. And I think you can only do that when you really know who you are. You know, as people ask me about running all the time, hey, I'm good, man. I was one of the best in the world. I gave it everything I had. I'm all right. I, I don't have to go out and try to do that again. I'm okay. I can move into the next phases of my life and be comfortable with that. But that's part of knowing who you are and, and loving yourself and knowing that you prepared the best way you could and you left empty. You know, leave empty. Listen, this has been, this has been an amazing year. It's an awesome way to close it out. I don't know about you. You're probably going to go work out, Charlotte. You're probably going to go train somebody. I'm going to go take a nap. Okay. Um, but uh, we just want our listeners to know that we love them. This, this is our gift to you, that, uh, that you would know that uh, it's okay to love yourself. Operation yes. Love Letter. Yes. Almond Gunter is accessible. Reach out to them. Make sure you, you, you message them on social media. You can find them on almondguntermotivates.com. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. He's, he's accessible. And as an organization with Astorio, we just want you to know that you can absolutely be the best you can possibly be. Charlotte, you've just, you've just brought it. Thank you for, for joining us for the past couple of uh, episodes here. And this was one heck of a way to close it out. No doubt about it. And, you know, and again, we, we, 
we just thankful that you guys tune in and listen to us. We encourage you to share our message with other people. Uh, we welcome your comments. More importantly, send us some topics. You know, if there's things that you want us to, to talk about specifically. Uh, but the message here today is just simply love yourself. Love yourself, be the best version of yourself so your family, your friends can get the best version of you uh, because that's what they're looking for. That's what they want. That's what they love anyway, right? That's how you get the unconditional love. So 89, you know, here you are, Christmas Day, making it do what it do. I know you're ready to get home, though. 89 ready to go get some of that turkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see it in his face. We do ham in my house. Oh, you do ham in his house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's 89. You know, I love right. him. Hey, well, we, you know, we appreciate you and all you do. I mean, he, he's really behind the scenes. But, but trust me, me and my little brother have no clue how to work any of this stuff. So, so we need him. <laughs> um, but so enjoy your holiday. Uh, we want all you guys to enjoy your holiday. Thank you for tuning in. Every day is game day. Hey. We'll catch you next week. Every day is Christmas. Ah, we out. <laughs>